you have the power to write and define your future. It truly is in your hands. You can make it happen. No one's going to bring you the job. No one's going to bring you the husband. It's not going to land in your lap. You have to be open to receiving it, to accepting it, but also I believe working on yourself to be ready for when it comes. I want to so dive deep into your book because as I started to read it, there's so many freaking nuggets of gold that people can take away and use in their everyday life. I thought of it as it was a cookbook. But once I started to really pull it apart, you it is literally a person's guide to living their best life. I really want to start with how you got to this book in the first place. And I pulled a quote of yours that said, I had a choice. And this is, this is based on your mom leaving at the age of nine. Yeah. I had a choice. I could become a victim of my childhood circumstances, or I could find strength in struggle and create a life full of love, beauty, and celebration. Now, girls, so many people go down the rabbit hole of the struggle. They go down the rabbit hole of, for the rest of their lives, they are unable to celebrate themselves because of what has happened and the trauma that they've had in their childhood. So talk to me about how you took your childhood and made it a beautiful thing um, and created these amazing traditions. And then we can dive deep into the traditions themselves. Honestly, I, I just remember being lost in my adolescence, being sad when I was young, you know, nine to 12, being lost in my adolescence, 12 to 18, being um, a rebel when I was in my twenties, like, oh, you know, who cares to being sad and lost and like, what am I doing? Where am I going? What is the goal here? Who do I want to be? And the excuses of, well, my mom left, so who cares? Didn't work anymore. The excuse of, well, this is how I, this is the hand I was given. So, oh, well, was a lame excuse. And I think actually on that note, it's why I, I, I don't, I would never say so in person, but I have very little patience for when people say, oh, woe is me. I'm like, no you can do something about this. And so I just remember really asking myself, what do I want in life? What do I see as my end game? And it always was with a family. Then I thought, well, in order to have a family, you know, I need to have an amazing relationship with my husband. We need to have a great foundation to raise little human beings in this world. I don't want to bring them into a dysfunctional relationship like I had. Um, so I have to, you know, work on finding a husband like most women, but then it was deeper. What kind of husband do I want? And how do I want to attract that husband? And so I just started shifting my thinking. And um, I know I'm simplifying it here. Obviously, I get into it a little bit in the book. And this is years of me working on myself and my relationship with my husband and my girlfriends and my kids. But ultimately, I think that I would love for people to realize that their messy pasts don't have to define their future in whatever capacity that means. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a child of divorce or your mom has to leave you. You can have your parents in your life still, but have a messiness in some other way, whether it's an insecurity or whatever, and that you have the power to write and define your future. It truly is in your hands. You can make it happen. No one's going to bring you the job. No one's going to bring you the husband. It's not going to land in your lap. You have to be open to receiving it, to accepting it, but also I believe working on yourself to be ready for when it comes. And so for me, it was something as simple as what made me feel good? What was my comfort? And my comfort were things that made me, reminded me of the good times growing up. It was Christmas mornings. 
It was certain dishes. Even though my mom left me when I was nine, her chicken adobo always made me feel better. And so I was determined to make my own chicken adobo. And I now serve it to my kids and my husband. It was smells, the smell of, you know, pumpkin spice in the fall holidays. It was the smell of vanilla in the spring. It was all of these things. It smells, it's songs, it's food. So I finally realized I've been creating my life from scratch for my children and my children's children. I used to be so upset. I didn't have recipes passed down or jewelry passed down or even words of wisdom. I mean, I'm the girl that wore a white dress to a wedding because she didn't have a mom telling her not to. So that was embarrassing. Um, and, and I thought that's really powerful. This tradition starts with you. You have the power. And so hence the name, Life from Scratch, Family Traditions that Start With You, you know, it's, it's a very vulnerable, there's vulnerable, vulnerable moments in it, but all my truth. And I believe even this tumultuous relationship I had with my mother made me who I am now. So I'm okay to share that story because I'm proud of the mom I am and the wife I am and the friend I am now. Oh God, that was so amazing. I didn't want to interrupt you, but there's so many like freaking nuggets of gold that you like brushed past. I'm like, oh my God, I want to go deep because so many people have had situations where they've, you know, past traumas, where they've, you know, used that as a reason you even said, like as an excuse. And the hard thing is, is where they go from finding that as an excuse to then it holding them back. So was that the thing? Because you said I started to, you know, see like what I actually wanted in life. Was that because you noticed that the trauma was actually holding you back from the life you wanted? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I just, I ended up living in New York and I was working a great show and I was going out at night and it's literally like that movie, you know, when you watch the movie with the old man sitting in the mansion with the bourbon, he's like, I wish I fell in love and had kids. <laughs> he's like alone and he dies miserable. Not the money in the world doesn't make me happy. I should have married her and had kids. It's like that. I'm like, you can only live this rock star lifestyle for so long. And so it just was literally sitting down. What do I want? And it was as simple as I want a family Then working backwards from that. And that might not be someone else's. What do you want? I want to be a fortune 500 company. Then where do you go with that? What do you want? I want to be a musician. You can start now learning music. Like it's whatever you want and however you want to define it. You can, you can start it today and not live in regret. Yeah, God, I love that. And like, even with what you did and how you broke it down, it's so tactical. And that's what I'm all about. Cause I'm like, I can get in my own way emotionally. Like I can feel sad for myself. I can feel the, you know, the sorrow, but at the end of the day, how do I get past it? And it really is getting tactical, putting things in place that make me take action. And exactly what you just said, what I freaking love go is that you just broke down. I, I looked around and said, where were my moments where I was happy? And like that, like everyone at home right now, like start writing down what all those things are. You even said yeah. the smell, girl, that's so beautiful. Think about it when you come home and you like light a candle and you're like, oh, the smell, or is it a cozy fire? Or is it, you know, um, I talk about a gift giving tradition with my girlfriends and every time I wear the necklace, I feel it and I rem I'm reminded of them. It's it's these things, it's these moments that we can't glaze over. They connect our life and our past to our future. And, and in the present, we have to recognize them. But I, I guess, I guess I am a type A personality and I am very black and white. And so that's what started this. I've learned to let a lot of it go because I'm a mother of three kids. You can't be completely type A, <laughs> crazy. but that's, I needed something tangible to latch on to, to get over mm. the mental trauma of not having it 
and the excitement of creating Sunday brunches for my husband on football Sundays, the excitement of my kids waking up the first day of school. Like I was more excited. It's at some point, sometimes it is more for me. And, you know, I'll stay up until midnight some nights because I've had a full day of work and I'm, what was the one we just did most recently? Oh, the first day of school. And I was doing all this stuff. And Nick was like, you know, this is more for you than them because they're going to be up and they're out of the door in, you know, 15 minutes. And I said, yes, but they'll remember. Hmm. They'll remember. And every year for my son's birthday, I print photos out of all of the birthdays prior. And this year we were actually in Maui in a hotel room with no printer. So I was like, he won't remember. He woke up that morning and said, are the pictures out there, mommy? And I was gutted. So as soon as we got back to our house, he went to school that Monday, he came home and they were all in the kitchen. So it's these little things like birthday morning. I remember my photos, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, we're going to decorate for Christmas. Every Sunday, we're going to have this casserole. It's these things that help calm them and make them feel safe so that everything else can kind of fall into place. Yeah, I love that so much because I'm such a, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book Atomic Habit, but like it all talks about how to implement habits in order to better your life. And when I was reading your book, I literally was like, oh my God, this is like the best tool book for like implementing habits. Like for instance, so let's just take what you just said about your your friends. So you guys have like the, the friendship gift giving. And um, if I can pull a quote on friends that you said, um, friendship is a beautiful relationship, but that needs a lot of TLC and that's the one thing that a lot of my audience talk about is like how do we build friendships with our other female friends and it is hard work and what I love is that you've literally put a tradition in place that allows you as a friend to keep connecting with your friends so you never have the moment where it's like oh my god it's been two years and I haven't connected like that is so powerful so talk to me a bit about that talk to me how you galvanize your friends to do it together um so and what that's actually done for the tightness of your friendships we um to your point life happens and i don't want to say we forced it but we almost did you have to we've all got careers we're all traveling we've all got kids we've all got things so birthdays you know it doesn't have to be on the exact birthday but the birthday month that's the deal in the birthday month we're going to have dinner and celebrate you in the birthday month and in that birthday month we all decide at the beginning of the year what the piece of jewelry is and and in the book i talk about this and it's not anything extravagant like the necklace the first necklace we got was 40 bucks each but 40 times five, it was a $200 gold necklace with this teeny little heart pendant. It's so beautiful and delicate. And it means so much to me. And we're all connected through that. We all got the same pendant. We all were excited about it. We all know we're going to dinner and we know, give me the box. It's my turn. I get it now. And then the others who aren't that birthday don't get it until it's their birthday. And it really keeps us connected. So that's the tangible um, black and white type A thing that puts us together in the room. And then from there, we nurture that bond. And it's I think that the hardest thing about friendship is reciprocity. We're, we always want to know that people have our back when we're down, but we don't ever think to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID taught a lot to people about reaching out to friends and checking in and realizing that you don't need to just catch up when, when things are hard or down. You also need to just say, hi, I'm thinking of you and I appreciate you. And how are you? Um, or you're on my mind. And I promise you, if you text a friend and say, hey, I was thinking about you, you crossed my mind. They're probably like, oh my God, I just thought about you the other day too. Yeah, it's and so true. It's, you know, it's just, it's it's that. And that's what I mean by work. It It is work. And to get a sitter and to go out to dinner once a month for our birthday, not every month in the 12 months, because I'm being realistic, but there's five of us. So I know in a year, we're going to have five dinners. 
And sometimes we miss one because someone's traveling. So then we, we do a double birthday the next month. Um, but we do it every year. And during COVID, we did it with a Zoom and we shipped the piece of jewelry and we always try oh. to make it happen. And, and that's, you need that. You need that outlet because you need that bitch session with your girlfriends that you don't do to your spouse because that will drive them crazy. Yeah, didn't you say that your friends are like your lifeline or something? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's just some stuff that my husband doesn't want to hear. Whether it's like, hey guys, I'm going to get a new dishwasher. What do you, what do we have to... Oh my gosh, there's this thing with, you know, my, my son, like, what do you think this is? It's, it's like Google with your girlfriends, you know what I mean? You get to like, just bounce everything off of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and that's what we need to keep our sanity. And it's so like, again, it just, it just goes back to, it's a thread that you're having with your friends that continuously reminds each other that we're there for, you know, that you're there for each other. And with friendship, that's so important. And as busy as you are, like three kids, a full-time job, writing a book, like having a, like having a husband, all of this, like it is so much. And um, you talk about very eloquently in the book about the traditions that you have with Nick. Um, And I'd like to, I've got a quote of you that says, to keep the spark alive. Nick and I try to remind each other that before our crazy family started, we were just two kids in love. Keeping that spark alive is important and it's not always easy. So creating a tradition that allows both of you to refocus and rekindle the romance is key. Talk to me about the importance of that. Again, going back to the tradition and the reminding and how that has really helped your relationship in times like this, where just there's so much going on in your life. It's funny because I've never looked at it this way with the tactical, but that's 100% what it is, you know? And um, so yes, you do force it in the sense that you have to set up a time, you have to set up a place, you have to get the sitters, you have to line it up, but I promise you, you'll never regret it on the the other Mm. end. And so right now, the thought of a vacation with Nick is it's just not possible. We have three kids in a city where we have zero family. I'm working full-time. The book is going to come out in November. That is also our birthday. And I said, no, we have to do our birthday trip because we have the same birthday and we have to force that time. I have to let work know. I have to let, he has to let, you know, we set it up. And then once we're there, it's like, yes, we did this. And we have this. It's, it truly is not glazing over those moments, not just the date moments, but any of the moments, the first day of school, a birthday, a holiday, because it can pass you by and they don't have to be extravagant. You don't have to have this ginormous, you know, 40th birthday party bash, but you do have to do something to celebrate it. I think it's funny because the moment that I realized how important it was for me was the very first Christmas that I had with Nick. I had just moved from New York and he was renovating his bachelor pad and I was helping because I was like the new girlfriend, like, well, I'll pick out <laughs> they were renovating the kitchen. And the rest of the house, there was only one room, the guest room and the guest bathroom. So we were literally living in the guest room and using the guest bathroom as a kitchen sink. We were eating out. It was kind of awful, but we were together. And it was such a small room. We're like, let's not get a tree this year. It's ridiculous. We're just going to go over to Drew and Leah's, his brother and and, uh, sister-in-laws. And we'll celebrate with them. And we woke up Christmas morning and we were so sad. It was like, this sucks. Like it's Christmas and we're, we're together, but we're like, there's no magic. There's no light. There's no. So that day we went and got this like tiny little Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And we promised to always make it a thing that we did together. So now Mm -hmm. our biggest tradition is the day after Thanksgiving come, you know, rain or shine, he is pulling all of the Christmas stuff out and we decorate. And now we do it with the kids. So we'll start that night and then we do it with the kids the next day. And it does feel different. The home feels different when it's filled with 
ornaments that you've had for years and pieces of, you know, uh, figurines and just magic. And so never again will I glaze over a mm. holiday when I realize how my emotional state is attached to this tangible date. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. That's so powerful that you learned that early because then you got that to remind yourself every time. But that's the problem is like in the moments of overwhelm or stress or anxiety, where it's like that, those are the times you really don't feel like it. But of course, those are the times that you really need it. So um, finding ways to say no to other things that will stress you out or give you anxiety to be able to say yes to the things that matter that you need to do. Um, and I said this to my girlfriend today, she just had her third baby and she's like, I'm feeling mom guilt. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, you need to learn the power of no. And I don't mean it rudely, but if someone's like, let's go to the beach today, you have to say no. And if your, your daughter has a soccer game, let your husband take her, a parent is there and don't feel guilty. Say no, because then you're home with the baby and you're, you're like taking a minute. Mm. Whereas if you're rushing to get to the soccer field, you've got the baby and you're breastfeeding and you're, you're going to stress yourself out. And so I said, your true friends will forgive you and your family will love you no matter what. So I think the power of no is a very powerful thing that I've learned as I've gotten older, but also making the moments. You can't just say no all the time because then people are like, oh, you're a flake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you handle then the guilt in the moments where like even because I find that even if I know it's the right thing, I still feel guilty about it. Yeah, Uh, you know, I. That's an interesting one because I struggle with that as well. But what I try, a a mantra that Nick and I always had is put family first. And if we put our family first, then there's no regret. And so if I feel guilty for some other reason, but I put my family first, then it was the right choice. If I did something for my husband, as opposed to a friend or work, then it's family. It was the right choice. So if we always make a choice by putting our family first, I think you'll always end up coming out on top. But look, you're human. I feel like people are really appreciative when you're like, I'm going through a lot right now. And I think I overcommitted mm-hmm. um, and we rain check. I don't know when I'm not going to say next weekend. Cause I'm being honest. I love you. I want to rain check. And they're like, you know what? Yeah. Thank you. As opposed to something came up or something, mm-hmm. you know, blaming the kids or whatever. I'm just, I'm honest with my friends and I think they respect that more. And then they understand more. And then they're inclined to text you the next day and go, how you feeling? you good today? Or can I do anything? And they're kind of on the same level as you instead of like, 
berating you and beating you down because you lied about why you didn't go, you know? <laughs> How do you handle then self-care and your family? So you said, you know, as long as you're putting your family first, does that include self-care or is that something that you have to navigate and balance, quote unquote? It's, it's kind of, that's like, um, that's a loose one because the self-care is for me, but the better I am, the better I am for my family. If mm -hmm. I'm short tempered, if I'm, you know, short fuse, then I'm not going to be a great mom or wife. So like, for example, the, the one that I think of now is I'm working so much that I'm actually extremely tired. So I've told Nick, like I got one day, I got four hours of sleep and the next day it was like two and a half hours. Cause of this and I was like, babe, I know, you know, like I love sleep. I can nap. <laughs> I'm a girl. Like I want to sleep in. So I just have to be honest with him. And I'm like, what can I do? What can I do today to ask you to help me tomorrow to, to, to get some extra hours since my call time's a little later. And as long as I get ahead of it with him in this specific situation, mm. and for me, that self-care is getting those extra hours of sleep and waking up refreshed. Um, sometimes it's, it's setting up, you know, Nick, can you take the two kids and I'll get um, Camden a play date and then I'll go do something with my girlfriends. And it's something mm. for me, but then I come home and I feel refreshed. So it's, it's just like it is with the girlfriends and with the spouse, it's making time for yourself and making a date with yourself, doing something you want to do that's self-care. It's not necessarily like, you know, getting a massage and getting your, right. and although those are great, it's, it's doing something for you. Um, or saying, Hey, just having an open conversation to your spouse. Hey, uh, I'm going to cook dinner and, you know, help put one of the kids down. Can you get the other two while I take a bath for myself? And I, I feel like if you were to say that to your spouse, they wouldn't go, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Thanks. As opposed to just going, I just wanted a today like they're not a mind reader you know right so um communication for sure but knowing what you want and then trying to set it up so that when you do it you're guilt-free you're like camden's at a play date nick's with the other two the kids are good i can be here guilt-free um is what i do yeah and so in reading your book on how self-aware you were with certain things so like with self-care you even said that you noticed that it started to come like every spring and then I believe you even said like you you went to a doctor and they it somewhat gave you permission to do self-care talk to me about that what the permission felt like um and then how other people can really start to become self-aware in order for them to be able to take care of themselves so they can show up for the family, like you just said. Yeah, I think it's, when I said permission, I mean like that it's okay to not have it all together. Right. Like we all always feel like we have to have it all together. And it's like, no, yes. you're human. Nobody's, even my life. I mean, if I could give you a full rundown, like it's not all together. It's nobody knows, you know, what goes on in my ins and outs, except for me and my husband. And um I remember feeling overwhelmed, crying at things that I would never normally cry at, um, feeling I'm like, am I depressed? Is it my thyroid? Like, is what's going on? And she's like, Vanessa, you just came out of the holidays. You have three kids. You're a working mom. You're hitting pilot season. She listed all these things. And she's like, nothing's, it's not that she just self-diagnosed. She like checked my body physically and then talked to me. And she's like, you're just burnt out. And that's okay. And she said, you just need to take a minute. And so now what my husband and I have learned to do, communication is so key. And both of us, both of us need to say, I need a minute. I am feeling my, the way I've, I verbalize it is I'm like, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm almost at an 11. I need to walk away before I say something I regret, whether it's to my kids or to my husband, it's just getting in front of it and knowing that because I've found so many times that when you hold it in and you blow up, you end up beating yourself up or you end up hurting someone close to you and then beating yourself up for hurting them. So um, 
and, and I mean, hurting them verbally, not cool. physically hurting them. But like, I might say, guys, get it together. And then I'm like, oh my God, they're four. What's he <laughs> gonna get Just because you had a hard day. So um, for me, it's really been, to your point, having to be self-aware and then communicating it and like letting Nick know, because he's not a mind reader. But also on the flip side, me coming home and saying, hey, babe, today was a good day. I'm off tomorrow. I'm here. What do you need from me? And letting him have that permission to be like, thank God, because I need mm. you right now to take the kids. I'm going to go work out or I need to go do some stuff on Zoom or I need to it's, it's, you know, the reciprocity again, just like a friendship. So is your relationship. I mean, Nick is my best friend. And why wouldn't I give him the respect I give my girlfriends? It's, it's being self-aware, but also communicating that. And Mm. that's been the biggest tool for us um, to say, Hey, I need you right now. Or, Hey, I'm good. Do you need me right now? Kind of thing. Um, And not be um, passive aggressive about it. Just very, you know, loving and supportive and matter of fact about it. And our communication definitely got better during quarantine because mm-hmm. there was no running away. There was no flying to an appearance or a concert or a TV show. You know, it was three kids, two dogs, two guinea pigs, fish, me, Nick, in a house. We couldn't even, there were times in LA where we weren't even allowed to go to the beach or to parks for mm-hmm. months on end. So, um, so we really learned how to communicate more. And it wasn't a easy process, but I will say now we're stronger than we've ever been. And we have so much more respect and love, mutual respect and mutual love for each other because we know where it came from and it didn't come from anywhere malicious. It just came mm. from issues and things that we're working on ourselves. And, um, and, and mostly certain, you know, not regrets, but insecurities we have about raising kids, man, it's tough. Talk about a job that you want to like, beat yourself up at you. I'm constantly saying, am I doing this right? And I'm constantly reminded that if I show my kids love, then I'm doing it right. As long as they know they're loved and they feel safe at home, then, then you're doing it right. Everything else we got to figure out. <laughs> yeah. And I think you even say like, you're perfectly imperfect. Is that the right quote? Yes. Perfectly imperfect, beautiful chaos, all of that. Um, there's no cookie cutter way to do it. And that's one thing I would hope that people take out of this book. I'm not telling people how to live a perfect life. I'm giving them um, stories of me on how I came out of, I came out from the other end and this is what helped me. And hopefully it will inspire them in one way or another to create their own happy ending and their traditions and their lifelong happiness. God, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like the the notion of starting from scratch is I think it can be so beautiful to think, oh, wow, my past doesn't define me and everything I've been through doesn't define me. And really the only thing matters is what do I do today and what am I doing in the future to set myself up? And you even said earlier that everything you've done is really setting you up for the future, right? The the future of relationships, the future, um, you know, friendships, um, even the self-care thing is like the future relationship with yourself. And that is so important. Yeah. Also not just glazing over like what I've learned, and this is probably the harder part of the process is accepting the the tumultuous past that we have in a positive way. So seeing that my mother left as that's what made me stronger and more appreciative as a mother now, instead of holding on to that in a negative way. So finding a way, it sounds very cliche, finding a way to forgive the bad things and realize like even you know, I lived in New York and I would stay up late and I'd go to clubs and I'm like, I was a mess. I'm like, what am I doing? But now I look at that as, okay, instead of now I have no desire. 
I have no regret. I did it in my twenties and now I'm totally content staying at home with my husband, a glass of wine, watching Ted Lasso. Like we, you know what I mean? It's, if you look at all the mistakes and all the things that you look back on, you're like, Oh my God, find a way to, to see what light that brought to you now. And then move forward with that, I think is, is healthy. At least again, that's what helped me instead of a woe is me past, it's like, okay, that made me this. And now I'm going to change and break the cycle. So there's one thing in your book that you said, you talk about the dress rehearsal and you mentioned it earlier, but I want to talk about this being so freaking genius on like a scale of like, in fact, if you can just give us a bit of a quick story about what the dress rehearsal is, and then I want to break down why it's so freaking genius. So the dress rehearsal, having two parents in the industry, what we always do before a show is we do a dress rehearsal, especially for live shows. What that entails is hair, makeup, wardrobe. You come out, you have your mic, you're doing everything as you would when it's live so that you can make sure, oh, this, I can move in this suit or I can walk in this dress. My mic check, check, one, two works. This hair looks great on camera. The makeup is glowing. Good. Dress rehearsal. Boom. Great. We'll see you tomorrow. We implemented this with our children for the first day of school. There is nothing worse than going through three months of summer with pajamas all day, popsicles all night, sleepovers, no schedule, no rules, and then bam, waking them up on the actual first day of school. And they're like, what just happened? I was shot out of a muffler. So what we do is the Sunday before the Monday of the first day of school, we pretend it's the first day of school, dress rehearsal. We wake them up at 630 because that's the time we have to wake them up in school. We get them dressed. This is what's going to happen tomorrow. Let's get up. What's next? We go, we change. What's next? We go eat breakfast. What's next? We come upstairs, brush our teeth, get our shoes on, grab our backpack, get in the car, drive to school. The bus stop, we're there at 715. Boom. It worked. Maybe we need to get you up a little earlier, Phoenix, because you struggled in the morning. Brooklyn, you did a great job. Camden, we need to put your clothes out because you couldn't decide on what color shirt to wear but this was a great dress rehearsal. Then we go get pancakes, right? Then Monday comes and we wake them up at 6.30. They're like, I did this yesterday. I got this. They know what's next. And so in a type A OCD world, they have that, that power of expectation and it's not, they're not jolted with the reality of, of the actual first day of school. In fact, they do it. And then when they come down, there's balloons. I make it a little more special than dress rehearsal day. And there's, you know, a special breakfast and I do confetti on the table and maybe give them some cool colored pencils and an extra little cool bag for school. But it's a little more special than dress rehearsal day, but they did it the day before. So they understand the expectation of what we expect. So we're not yelling at them, screaming at them, getting out the door. And if there's any time that we need to make up, we know that and we can implement it the next day. So here's the thing, girl. When I think about what creates anxiety, um, I've, I've interviewed a lot of therapists on my show. And the thing is, it's always the fear of what's about to happen. It's not what's actually happened, right? It's the anxiety of the, I am not sure what's about to come. And I'm so fearful that I almost cannot move or I'm not enjoying this. And when I started to hear your breakdown, I'm like, this is the perfect antidote for anxiety on big occasions. But when I started to read your book and read your breakdown of everything that you do and what you've do with your kids and then even just how you set up the morning on the actual day oh my god girl I was like okay it helps with anxiety it helps with any unknowns it helps eliminate any issues that may come up that now is going to just fuel the anxiety right you even said oh he takes actually longer so let's wake him up earlier so it eliminates any of that 
and you've made it so special. So now this moment where people could be petrified and see it as a dread, oh my God, the first day of school, you've just completely flipped it. And now you've set your kids up with the most beautiful situation to then go to school with a, the most amazing attitude and set up for success. Yes, yes! <laughs> We take everything we can out of it that would cause the anxiety and just let them go into the day excited. And that's where I come in with the balloons and the breakfast and the confetti. And it's like, this is a celebration of a day. And then we drop them off and, and I feel like they're pumped, you know, I mean, there's still going to be some butterflies because it's, it's always daunting to walk into a first day of school, but we've done everything we can to set them up for success. Girl, thank you for writing such an amazing book. Where can people go and find it and get all the good stuff and follow you and everything that you're doing? Oh, thanks. Um, the book is sold anywhere books are sold, but right now at barnesandnoble.com, you can get, you can pre-order a signed copy, um, nice. but anywhere, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, it's going to be in Target. It's, it's wherever you can find a book, it's going to be there. Hell yeah. Guys, guys, go check it out. I had so much fun reading it. There were so many tactics and tips that I've already learned. And I'm not much of a cook, but I'm definitely going to start implementing a lot of those traditions. So go check it out. If you're not following me, guys, follow me at Salisa Billu. And if you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button down there. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.